Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your guest host, Liz Spencer. And today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, Edward Foundation, the Three Fires Council, and Turning Point Autism Foundation. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now representing the Edward Foundation is Brett Skeen. Welcome, Brett. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Tell me a little bit about how COVID has impacted, impacted the Edward Foundation and the work you do there. Yeah, we're, we're kind of <laughs> still dealing with the fallout of uh, once in a lifetime, hopefully, pandemic situation. Uh, it's meant really changing a lot of our operation. This is a people-based relationship-based existence for myself and my staff. And when you can't meet face-to-face -face and go to coffees or dinners and interact with donors or prospective donors, uh, it's a challenge for sure. So we've had to really revamp the way that we approach building relationships with the community and trying to fund the hospital's work. Do you feel people have gone along with you on that? Because we've all had to cope from Zoom uh, fundraisers to you know, Zoom coffees or wines, not quite the same, but, but do you feel like they went with you? Yeah, uh, there's a learning curve for mm -hmm. all of us, mm -hmm. myself included, uh, just transferring the way that we conduct meetings or do a pitch for a prospective donor. Uh, you know, trying to utilize the technology in a way that is meaningful to encapsulate um, the experience of being at the hospital when you can't do a tour, you mm -hmm. know, to try to, to find a virtual way to do those things, that's been a challenge. Obviously on the events front, you know, we've, we've had to change a lot of things and fortunately we have been able to continue doing a golf outing for the last mm -hmm. couple of years and that's a, a big event for our foundation. Uh, the gala is another story, you know, it was mm -hmm. a virtual experience for us last year. Um, we're very pleased with the turnout and the support that the community showed for that. So they adapted to that quickly, mm -hmm. but boy, people are sure anxious to get back together. Yeah. They are. They're really tired of the virtual gala. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I understand. So Brett, how does the foundation support the hospital? We often wonder why the hospital needs support. Yeah. Uh, in the context of the size and scope of the hospital's operation, uh, it's a, a massive expenditure every year. I mean, our budget is over a billion dollars. And when you look at what the foundation's take for the year is in relation to that, where the impact is, it's like, well, this is such a small percentage. What, what is the significance here? And really, it's not about keeping the hospital doors open. Okay. You know, we, we do exist. It's a, it's a viable business model. That said, healthcare is hugely expensive, which is why the budgets are so big, and uh, the expenses don't stop. We have a number of fixed costs, which include keeping up facilities, keeping up with medical equipment that has a, a shelf life. Mm -hmm. uh, when it expires, you need to replace it, and obviously we look to upgrade things as technologies improve. Um, what the foundation really is there to do is not so much keep the lights on. The, the billing segment is, is meant to do that. What the foundation does is to help be a differentiator in terms of excellence. Mm -hmm. It's never, care is never good enough. When, when it's your child or it's your mother or it's your mm -hmm. neighbor or coworker who is in the emergency room or having an open heart procedure, whatever it might be, uh, you want the very best for them. You want uh, the optimal clinical outcome. You want their experience to be a positive one. And at the end of the day, you want their quality of life to be as good as it can be. 
working in a hospital setting, you know as improvements are made available that you can get that one step closer. And for us, that's something we take home every day. You know, you, you see the impact of what you do on patients that are coming through the hospital on a daily basis. And you want to make darn sure you're doing everything possible to provide the best care. And that's really where the foundation has a role to play. Um, you don't have to work in a hospital to share that passion. And I know that interacting with a number of businesses, individuals, or grant-making organizations that share that passion, um, that they are looking to make a difference. And that's what the hospital helps to do. Uh, rather than buy the, the B-team equipment, which would be OK, mm -hmm. um, with help and significant generosity, there are times when we can step up and get the A-class piece mm -hmm. of equipment or the A-class facility or offer a program that is not self-sustaining. Maybe you know insurance can't cover it, but it's a very specific community patient need that we're able to fill through monies that come in for operations for special patient programs. That's excellent. I think the idea of taking the hospital and making it excellent, and that's the foundation's work, I think that's well said, and, and, and really, I think, helps make it very clear. So there was some exciting news with the hospital, with Edward, uh, of a merger with the North Shore University Health System, how does that impact what you do? Well, from our standpoint, uh, there's nothing but gain and benefit. I'm very excited about the news coming out of this. Um, not too long ago, mergers were a different kind of scenario. Uh, mm -hmm. From foundation standpoint, uh, a lot of foundation operations were merging together and centralizing. Um, we didn't do that during the Edward Elmhurst initial merger. Mm -hmm. um, we maintained two separate foundations that are very community-based, and I think that was a very thoughtful and intentional decision because so much of the support was community-based. You know, folks really had a long-standing relationship uh, with their local hospital, and they wanted to see it thrive, and there were passion projects and things that really impacted the surrounding patient communities that were different from mm -hmm. one side of the organization to the other. So the way to keep that focus and um, maintain trust and all of the relationships that had been built in the past was to operate both of those foundations independently and have them oversee the areas of care that were in their geography. So we stayed the same here at Edward. We still serve Edward Hospital, and there are uh, a number of ambulatory sites that fall under Edward's umbrella, as well as Linden Oaks Behavioral Health. Um, so we look to, to primarily focus on those needs. I do collaborate with my counterpart, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Uh, Susan Tyberski is the executive director at uh, Elmhurst Memorial Hospital Foundation. And we pair on things that um, are system-wide. We do an employee giving campaign. And some of our hospital or system employees serve both hospitals. So uh, where we can coordinate, have the same timetable, same approach, mm -hmm. um, messaging overlaps in some regard. Uh, we have a very collaborative and working relationship, um, so we, we're in close contact, but we really have a, a primary focus on our individual needs within our communities. That is said to be this, the same approach we're taking with North Shore, right. and uh, North Shore's prior engagements have, have gone that direction, so um, I look at this as an opportunity to have one more person to collaborate with who can you know, bounce ideas and share best practices, so I think it's a very exciting opportunity. That is exciting. How can um, individuals or someone watching this interview um, get involved with Edward 
foundation and, and make a difference? Yeah, there's a number of ways. So we do have events every year. We, we do have a rescheduled gala mm -hmm. this year that's set for December 2nd. Uh, obviously, it remains a fluid situation, and we've told everybody that it will, at this point we are still looking forward to being able to, to gather in a, in a socially distanced but safe setting. Um, we do a golf outing every year in July that we have a very loyal following for, but uh, a, a very terrific vendor at Cog Hill who can accommodate more people, so we're always looking to continue to grow that event. Uh, in addition to that, we do a number of appeals and um, specific asks for general projects. So we're at the point right now where we're focusing on some strategic priorities. And we've worked very closely with um, the hospital's administrative team in terms of a five-year strategic plan. Uh, there are a number of capital needs that were identified coming out of that that the foundation is paying very close attention to. We've identified some areas of need that we'll be focusing on going forward. Um, oncology and cardiology have yeah. traditionally been big for us, and there are some significant needs in those two service lines that we'll continue to look at to helping to fund some um, facilities and technology improvements in. Behavioral health is a big focus for us going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, COVID has obviously changed that landscape uh, and really shown a light on the need for more behavioral health um, resources, education. We do a lot of collaboration with folks that provide services to uh, people that have mental health challenges. Um, we we want to make sure that we're in that space and doing uh, the right work that we need to do to serve the needs of the community there. Well, you got a lot on your plate there, Brett. It is, but I look at it as a, an opportunity to really meet donors where they are. Everybody has a different interest. They've been through experiences. Um, I always think uh, philanthropy is the most meaningful when um, I'm taking the cue from the person who's donating versus having to fit the round peg in a square hole mm -hmm. and say, this is our funding opportunity mm -hmm. and this is all we're doing. Uh, when I have so much that I can, uh, really the, the philanthropic community can help or improve for our patient community at large, uh, it's great to be able to ask donors what they're interested in and find that match that is meaningful for them. Well, Brett, thank you so much for sharing all the opportunities and thank you for what you do. You are playing an important role with the foundation for our hometown hospital. Thank you. If you're interested in learning more about Edward Foundation, please visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Stay tuned. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your guest host, Liz Spencer, and joining me now are Clint Scharf and Mike Vandervoort, from the Boy Scouts of America Three Fires Council. Boy Scouts have been around for over 100 years, but give us some more recent updates. What's going on yeah, now? Yeah, 110 years, wow. and we still do kind of the stuff we're famous for. Uh, camping, outdoors, uh, conservation, environmental stewardship. Uh, we've updated that with more STEM, uh, mm -hmm. really uh, merit badge programs that are designed to equip kids with a you know, career interest for the modern day workforce. 
uh, and maybe learn some life skills with, along the way. But uh, in 2019, we also uh, opened up our programs to all children, so mm -hmm. uh, boys and girls of all ages. So Cub Scouts, uh, we have Cub Scout dens for boys and Cub Scout dens for girls, and we have uh, Scout troops for boys and Scout troops for girls. Our venturing program has always been co-ed, and our exploring program has always been co-ed. So now uh, all of our programs are open to the entire family. Well, that's exciting. So I think people always have this image of, you know, Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts helping little women across the street. So what else are you doing that goes you know, way think, beyond that? Yeah, I think that Norman Rockwell kind yeah. of nostalgia when you think about scouting, I think that's great. And I, I think people will recognize the fact that, you know, kids that are involved in scouting care about others, doing a good turn daily and helping other people at all times, kind of ingrained into what we are. Uh, but, you know, uh, conservation projects, uh, environmental stewardship, rock climbing, uh, kayaking, whitewater rafting, caving, um, shooting sports programs, you know, and all that is really kind of wrapped up in a way to teach kids citizenship, uh, leadership, and character education. So we're kind of tricking them with the fun stuff and then getting the good stuff on the back end. Right. It's all about teaching them life skills when they're not really paying attention because they're having so much fun being yeah. in scouting. Mike, tell me a little bit about Three Fires and, and the activities you do. Yeah, so we do activities for everybody. Uh, okay. Like you know, like Clint said, we we started you know having uh, both girls and boys involved in the program. We also do uh, programs for people outside of scouting as well. Okay. So our camp up in Elgin, Camp Big Timber, um, is a gorgeous property. We've invested quite a bit of money into it in the last few years, and it is state of the art. I mean, when I came back and started working for the council again, I was blown away by the campground that I went to when as a kid, seeing all of the the features and amenities we have there now. Um, but we we just got done with Big Timber Pumpkin Fest um, up there, which had a haunted hike and a trail and a drive-through, as well as we did a murder mystery show and a couple of other events up there. We're getting ready to do a holiday light show. We do a, an adult um, Easter egg hunt. And then we have day camps, too. Um, during the summertime, we run day camps for, you know, our Cub Scouts. But what a lot of people don't realize is that our day camps are not just for those Cub Scouts. They can bring siblings and friends. You don't have to be a scout to be a part of the scouting program. Um, and I think that's that's one of the great things that not a lot of people realize, but we are, we are here for the community. We want to teach, you know, all kids about the great things that scouting can do for them and about the fun that there is to have out in nature and you know all these STEM things and all the different stuff that they get to do. You mentioned the Holiday Light Show. Yeah. Tell me about this. This is new for you. This is big for you. Yeah, this is this is huge. This is a, a brand new event we're putting on just this year for the first time ever. Um, out at camp, you know, we've had some success out there with our Big Timber Pumpkin Fest the last two years. This is something completely different. It is for the holidays. We're going to have a half-mile uh, walking trail with over 100,000 lights. Um, you know, all of those favorite things that people see, the, the light tunnels and the, the big words lit up. And I think I've seen some pictures of dinosaurs and we have a couple of trees that are taller or bigger around than I, you know, I am tall. So it's <laughs> lots of these big dazzling light displays and people will be able to go through that. Like I said, over the trail, we're also going to have food trucks. We're going to have a hot cocoa and churro place out there. We're going to have um, the warming lodge. We'll have a couple of special event nights. Um, so we're looking at doing a rock and roll night, uh, maybe having a Disney night, doing something a little different um, for the kids. And this is great because it runs not just, you know, it's, we start right after Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, so it's that first weekend right after Thanksgiving and we run all the way through the month of December. So it's every Wednesday through Sunday um, at the camp. You can come out, you get to see the gorgeous winter wonderland we're building out there. So when the snow drops, I'm sure it's going to be gorgeous. Before the snow drops, it's going to be just as pretty um, with all of those lights out there. They're setting up right now. So it's, it's going to kick off and we're going to turn on the switch on November 26th. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
That's exciting. Um, is it? Do you have to make a reservation for your family, or how do you, how do we get tickets? Yeah, so you can buy tickets online at BigTimberBrilliance.org. Um, so there, you can go in, you buy the tickets. Um, depending on the night that you choose, the ticket prices are a little different. But you know, we have uh, prices for kids as well as adults. And then there, like I said, there will be you know food and things like that there as well that you can purchase on the side when you're there. Right. So you're making it. it it's an evening out. Yes. Definitely for the entire family. I love hearing that. This scouts are includes the family because mm -hmm. it, you know the scout comes with a family, so you might as well bring them all together. So that's a great thing. So Clint, tell me beyond these wonderful events, um, what does the future hold for scouting? You know we're pretty excited about where we're going. Uh, we're serving uh, more young people in the community. Uh, we're focused on bringing scouting programs to parts of our community that may have not have had equal access to scouting. Uh, so really reaching out to Hispanic communities, especially and um, we see some positive growth there as well. Uh, so we're excited about just bringing more of what we do uh, to more families, getting uh, past these times, mm -hmm. uh, getting life back to a little bit more normal. Uh, we're excited to see families doing that. We've had over a thousand families uh, already join our program this fall alone. So we're excited about continuing that out. We're gonna be doing more workshop programs at Big Timber uh, moving forward. So we'll have uh, community workshops, uh, you know, outdoor cooking classes, conservation programs, uh, insect bird study, uh, mammal study, fish and wildlife, soil conservation. Those will be open for scouts and non-scout families as well. And you'll just, ha just have to register a class at, uh, go to threefirescouncil.org and uh, look at our calendar and pick a workshop you want to participate in. That's wonderful. How can people support scouting? You know, there's two things we need yeah. more than anything else. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's always two things. Uh, an easy way to do it is to come out and buy a ticket to uh, uh, Big Timber Brilliance. Mm -hmm. So bring the family out and see that. We'll have information booths out there about scouting as well. Uh, but always uh, volunteerism. We serve on an average year about 10,000 young people. And our ability to serve those young people, it really dependent on the number of volunteers we have. So if you've got some time and a talent to donate, you know, contact us at threefirescouncil.org and we'll find a place for you to, to plug in with the local scout program. And the other thing, if you can't give time, uh, maybe give a couple dollars. Right. So go back to our website. There's a Donate Now button, and we'd be glad to accept your gift and put it to work right here in our community supporting local families. That's wonderful. Scouting is playing such a big role. It gives a place for you know, today's youth um, to be a part of something and learn some really great life skills. So thank you for what you're doing. We appreciate it, and we wish you continued support. So to find out more about Boy Scouts of America's Three Fires Council, please visit their website. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. What's the matter, boy? What are you trying to tell me? Is something wrong? We live in a safe community, but not a crime-free community. If you see something, say something. Naperville Animal Crime Stoppers. Yes, I'd like to report a case of animal cruelty and neglect. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves.
Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from Turning Point Autism Foundation is Carrie Provenzali and Arnold Cruz. So, so nice to have you. Welcome back. Thanks for having us. Carrie, Thank give you. us a little bit of a, an update on what Turning Point is doing right now. What are, what are your challenges? Yeah, so Turning Point has been here in Naperville for 15 years now, but we have really evolved, not mm -hmm. just in the last two years because of the pandemic, but um, in general, Turning Point has continued to grow its best practice programs. We started as a middle school. Mm -hmm. Now we go all the way down to age five wow. and all the way up to age 35 with different programs and pilots to really ensure that we're offering best practice programming for students who are learning with autism. Wow. And have you seen an increase in, in students needing your services? So over Turning Point's 15-year history, we have grown, and that has been very steady and natural. Um, but as the increase in number of children diagnosed with autism, which is now 1 in 54, we, in just the last two years now, have seen an explosion of people looking for services. And sometimes it's services we aren't offering yet which is how we develop these pilots to meet the need in the community and really help serve more families. But we have over 50 referrals on our wait list right now since the pandemic started. Wow, that's impressive. Arnold, your son Alex is at Turning Point. Tell me a little bit about Alex and, and his needs and your family's journey. Well, Alex's journey at Turning Point started back in September of 2015. That, that day, it's always gonna be etched in my mind because prior to Turning Point, one of the biggest challenges we had was Alex's behavior. He was very aggressive. Um, Alex is a big kid. He's taller than me. He's over 200 pounds. So you, uh, trying to control with his aggressions is very challenging. But once he started Turning Point, we saw a, an immediate impact. Uh, the Turning Point staff was able to mitigate a lot of his aggression and, and get him when he gets a meltdown, we are able to get him back into place and so help him uh, recoup. How old is Alex? He's 18 now. He's 18 and yeah. when was he, how old was he when he joined? Uh, he was 13. 13. So, uh, the yeah. teenage years no yeah. matter what. Yeah. yeah. It's difficult. Now um, Arnold you have become a volunteer for Turning Point. Mm -hmm. How does for both of you how does you know tell me about your volunteer experience and then Carrie tell me how important volunteers are to your organization. I really liked, I love volunteering for Turning Point because it's my way to give thanks back to the Turning Point staff uh, just because they helped Alex so much. Wonderful. Carrie, do you need volunteers? I mean, what it, it, you must run on volunteers. We do run on volunteers, <laughs> thankfully. And oftentimes our families like Arnold are just one of our best resources for that. They're so wonderful and involved both with teacher appreciation as well as um, Arnold's been great at bringing his colleagues in for painting days or fall cleanup days. And we have service Saturdays every month where you can go on our website and sign up to just come give one day a month and, or one day a year. Um, but volunteers are a critical part of how Turning Point's able to care for our students. I bet they are. Now you have a, a really big event coming up. So tell me all about it. Yeah, so we are in the middle of our raffle. We have a beautiful infrared red Lexus LC500 coupe. It's been donated by Lexus of Naperville and we are raffling off, we're just gonna sell 2,500 tickets. Okay. So it's very limited. And on December 3rd, we're gonna draw a winner of that car. And it's, um, I think it's $112,000 value. And this fundraiser is gonna be 
really pivotal because we've continued to have additional expenses dealing with the pandemic as well as canceled events because of the pandemic. So this is gonna really help us with um, balancing our budget this year. And it's a great way for anybody to get involved because even if you're not interested in buying a ticket, you can just share the raffle with your network and your community and help us sell out and have a really big success. So if somebody's interested in, in purchasing a ticket, where do they go? How do they? You can go right to our website. It's turningpointautismfoundation.org. And yeah. it's probably one of the first pictures you're going to see is a beautiful picture of that car. Great. So you can purchase right through your website and, and purchase as many as we want. Because 2500 isn't a lot. So my odds are pretty good. Your odds are pretty good, Liz. They are pretty good, right? Well, because you know you enter raffles all the time, and they're huge, and that's just so. And, and of that ticket, uh, all of it goes back to Turning Point. Yes, and we have some really important um, budget holes to fill because of COVID, ad additional PPE equipment, as well as filtration systems, additional staff to make sure we're sanitizing all day long. And so all of those costs it's going to help us with, as well as developing some exterior spaces for our students to really enjoy our outdoor spaces, which are a little more limited, but we're not making good use of the space. And we hope this project is gonna help our students have some more time with nature and you know, destination points for them to get out of the building for preferred breaks and things like that. So how many um, total students do you have now with Turning Point? So in a year, we serve about 75 families, right. and it's um, from really a, about an hour radius around Naperville. Okay. So a lot of Naperville families, but the surrounding community as well. And somebody can come, because you, you now go from like 5 to 35. So you could potentially have a kid for a long time. You're going to have Alex for a long time because I know he just loves you. So <laughs> We hope to have Alex, Alex for a long time. Right. Yeah, he's, he, I was saying earlier to Arnold, he rules our school, that kid. So he's just done, nobody has worked harder than Alex. Mm -hmm. We say that all the time about our students as much as the team is constantly learning and developing new best practice so that we are doing the appropriate interventions and helping our kids make progress. Nobody's working harder than our kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're in therapy most of their day to overcome challenges and adapt to what is being expected of them from all of us. So they're just the most hardest working people I know. Well, and it's such important work that you're doing because, you know, they are have to function in this big world, and so everybody needs to learn how to do their best. Yes. I think you could probably help all of us in many ways. <laughs> yeah, especially Turning Point's um, programming really um, focuses on communication skills, mm -hmm. independence, and then, like Arnold was saying, socially appropriate behaviors mm -hmm. to help them navigate the world. Thank you so much for what Turning Point does for the community. It's so important. Arnold, good luck to Alex. Thank you. If you want more information about Turning Point Autism Foundation, please visit their website. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on today's show, please visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in your community, sign up to receive our daily news updates and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Liz Spencer. Thanks for watching.
Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.